Hello, and welcome to Bipolar Thoughts. My name is Steven, and I'll be your host. Welcome to the show, and if you are new here, we kind of talk about different things that are relatable to bipolar disorder, addiction, ADHD, um, just mental health disorders in, in general, and well, just mental health, really. Um, <clears throat> before we get too started, I wanted to give out a big shout out to my girl Anastasia, who runs a, a, a podcast called Bipolar Diaries. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you definitely should. She is hilarious and very relatable. Um, mostly she's just fucking hilarious. She cracks me up. Um, but like I said, if you haven't had a chance to go check her out, definitely please do it because she is hilarious. Um, and she's actually the inspiration for this show. Her, I started listening to her and I hadn't found anybody that was relatable <clears throat> or could tell a story that I understood and could relate to. Um, so yeah, go check her out. And let's get started for today. Um, today we're going to talk about a couple of different things. First thing we're going to talk about is bipolar disorder. And then we're going to kind of get into some neurological Because it's so information-packed that there was no way that I could get through it. So, first of all, let's go through this historical association between bipolar disorder and creativity. spitball this. So, let's just jump right in and... Go right at it. So first we have bipolar disorder and creativity. Um, the historical association between bipolar disorder and creativity has been a subject of interest and debate for many years. Um, throughout history, there have been numerous renowned artists, writers, musicians, and other creative individuals who, sus- who were suspected or diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, some of the most notable ones are Vincent van Gogh, um, he obviously suffered from depression and pretty sure that he had bipolar disorder. They're not 100% sure, but they're pretty sure about it. Um, Ernest Hemingway, kind of the same thing. He suffered from um, de- depression, alcoholism, and again, pretty sure that he had bipolar disorder. A, a lot of these are older people, so there's really no way to, like, th- no one diagnosed them. So, But there's the likelihood of them having it is is pretty high. Like Virginia Woolf. Um, she had severe mood swings and ultimately died from suicide, um, <clears throat> which is something we've talked about before. Um, Beethoven, Beethoven was actually, um, he had fluctuations in mood and pretty consistent with bipolar disorder, um, which may have actually influenced some of his, his work. Um, a lot of his work may have, may have come from his, his mood swings, which actually makes sense if you kind of listen to his music. Um, Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath, she was, she, pretty sure she had, um, bipolar, she definitely had severe, um, depression, and eventually, again, tragically, she died from suicide as well, um, Edgar Allan Poe is another one, another one, um, which again makes sense because of how dark and macabre he was, uh, you know, with his tales, um, and, you know, eventually dying from tuberculosis, just like everyone else in his life um i mean that's got to be that's got to have some kind of toll on your on your mental health and i'm sure that that triggered you know he also suffered from alcoholism so <clears throat> i'm sure that that had to trigger his his bipolar in some sort of way um 
It is essential to acknowledge that the historical association between bipolar disorder and creativity does not imply that bipolar is a necessary condition for artistic brilliance. Many creative individuals have not had bipolar disorder or any other mental health condition for that matter. Moreover, not everyone with bipolar disorder is exceptionally creative or artistic. The link between bipolar disorder and creativity is a complex and multifaceted topic. Some researchers have suggested that this that the heightened emotional states experienced during manic or hypomanic episodes may contribute to increased creativity and productivity in some individuals. Mania can, ha- can bring heightened energy, energy, reduced need for sleep, increased ide- ideation, and enhanced con- cognitive co- connections, potentially leading to bursts of creative output. So basically, during a manic phase, you can experience these these heightened heightened notions of creativity <clears throat> however it is crucial to recognize that bipolar is a serious mental health condition that can cause significant significant distress and impair impairment to a person's life the association with creativity should not romanticize or downplay the real challenges that individuals with bipolar face ultimately there are there may be some historical evidence suggesting a connection between bipolar and creativity in certain individuals it is essential to approach the topic with sensitivity and avoid making generalizations about either mental health or creative abilities proper diagnosis treatment and support are crucial for individuals with bipolar disorder to manage their condition effectively and lead fulfilling lives so again just saying it all that's really saying is that you don't have to be creative if you have bipolar and you don't have to have bipolar to be creative um that there's no real connection between the two um that you you know if you do have bipolar and you can experience these these again notions of of passions and creativity um but that doesn't necessarily happen to everyone um, I mean, and the thing is, is because you can you can also experience these these feelings of uh, you know of creativity when you're depressed. Um, I personally used to write a lot of music, and a lot of my infu- music was influenced through the the pain and the hurt that I had, um, you know, in in my life and. It was also it wasn't just so much of a way like I wasn't trying to get famous it was more of a creative outlet for me it was a way for me to get things off my chest basically um so yeah there's no real connection to the two at least not that I've found between the two um so let's jump into the neurological basis of some of this um here's some of the key insights from recent studies on neurological basis of bipolar disorder Brain structure and function. Neuroimaging studies, including MRIs, um, have provided valuable insights into the structural and functional differences in the brains of individuals with bipolar disorder. Researchers have have identified abnormalities in brain regions involved in emotional regulation, such as the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala. Additionally, disruptions in the connectivity between brain regions and are related to mood regulation and emotional processing have been observed. So basically, um, we can have a hard time regulating our emotions um, and our moods. So 
I can relate to this completely because emotions are something that are very, very difficult for me to understand. Like, I've actually talked about this with my girlfriend. Like, if someone asks me to describe what love is, like what the feeling of love is, it's really hard for me to actually actually do that. I can tell you what love is, but I can't tell you what the feeling of, of love is. Like, I can tell you what the feeling of love is based off of other people's descriptions of it, but I can't tell you what love actually feels like to me. Not not like not like the way that other people can. Um, and that's just with one emotion, like or one one feeling like that, one sense, uh, you know, sensory that like that. I, I just, you know, really the only and this is probably not really so much to do with bipolar, but more of a you know, psychological aspect of something. Um, but anger and fear and like those flight or flight responses, those are the ones that I can relate to the most and that I can actually understand. And they're the ones that, that I could explain to someone, um, as opposed to like some of those, like, I just don't, I just don't understand or, and it's hard for me to to understand other like to have empathy. Empathy is another thing that's very hard for me to to have because like I just don't. I was raised in a you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of environment, and so having empathy for people is is really hard. And so again, that might not be a bipolar thing. That might be just more of a psychological environmental thing. But knowing that it could be a part of my bipolar helps me realize that I may not be as big of an asshole as I think I am. <laughs> so neurotransmitters, um, the role of neurotransmitters, which are chemical messengers in the brain has been extensively studied in bipolar disorder, dopamine, serotonin, neuro, neuropref, I can't pronounce that one, and glutamate, are among the neurotransmitters implicated in the condition. Imbalances in these neurotransmitter systems have been associated with mood dysregulation, damn, that was a hard word, and development of bipolar system symptoms, um, which can lead to genetics, can come from genetic studies exploring the genetic basis of bipolar disorder, have identified several susceptibility genes and genetic variants linked to the condition. Some of these genes are involved in neuro neuron neuronal development that was a fucking hard word and neurotransmitter regulation and intracellular signaling pathways it is now recognized that bipolar has a significant genetic component with both common and rare genetic variations contributing to its development realistically they're saying that if you have one person somewhere like closely related to you and it would be within the like the last two generations, like your parents or your grandparents. One of them, if they have bipolar disorder, it is more than likely that you're going to get it from one of them. Um, same thing that goes with things like ADHD um, and some of the other mental mental disorders that they really are genetic and they're they come from a very close relationship. Some of them don't. Some of them, some of the mental disorders are, are just genetic mutations and you're, you may be the first one that, you know, that it pops up in your, in your family. But more than likely, like my mom won't admit it, but I guarantee you, I got my ADHD from her. My bipolar, 
I've probably got from my, my biological father. That's fucking crazy. I've never really thought about that before, but that's probably what happened. I mean, my mom is definitely all... She's got ADHD, for sure. There's no there's no doubting that one. She just doesn't want to admit it. And the bipolar, it, she might have bipolar. But the thing is, is she's never going to go get fucking diagnosed. So having that, like, having that def, like, definitive answer on that is never going to happen for me. Which is fucking fine. Which kind of brings me to the fact that it's 5.30 in the morning and my circadian rhythm is fucked. Like, they're actually, I have to go through a sleep study here in the next couple weeks um, because I'm pretty sure that I have insomnia. Um, and circadian rhythms, so, okay, I'll just read you what it says. Emerging, emerging research suggests that, this, that disruptions in circadian rhythms the body's internal clock regulating daily psychological, psychological, physiological, and behavioral processes may play a role in bi- bipolar disorder. Abnormalities in circadian gene expression and disur- disturbances in sleep-wake cycles have been observed in individuals with the condition. And I will tell you right now that that is 100% sure. And it doesn't have to be a manic phase for you to go into this. I, I did recently have a manic phase. Um, but then I had a slight depression phase after that, and I don't want to say slight in the fact that it wasn't, like, a hard time, a hard experience, just more in the fact that it didn't last long. It was actually a pretty bad depression, um, and I, I mean, I'm just going to be transparent with you guys, I became suicidal. Um, I was able to work through it and I had, thank God, I have a great support system that's able to, you know, kind of pick me up whenever I need it. Um, and I definitely needed it then. Um, but she, I didn't, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. (laughs) So we're just going to skip down to the next one. Inflammation and immune system. So this is actually pretty interesting. Increasing Evidence indicates that inflammation and immune system dysregulation may be associated with bipolar disorder. Chronic low-grade inflammation and altered immune responses have been linked to mood symptoms and may provide new avenues of therapeutic interventions. So I will tell you right now that that is 100% true, at least for me. Inflammation in the immune system. So my immune system is not horrible, but I have terrible inflammation. I have arthritis. I'm 36 years old, and I have arthritis in most of my joints. I mean, to be fair, I'm a veteran, and when I was in the military, I broke both my hips, and which is what I was discharged for, which eventually led to back problems, and I have a knee problem. So anytime it gets cold, or the weather's going to change, or it's going to rain, or the, the pressure in the air changes, just any kind of shit like that, I fucking hurt. I hurt generally on a daily basis, just from wear and tear, but anytime the weather gets, like, funky, my body gets funky. Um, and my, so the immune system part, though, it that actually scares the shit out of me, because my, my mother has, um, she has an autoimmune disorder, and I haven't really been tested for that and we're my mother and I are both kind of really worried that I might have an autoimmune disorder which is just not something else I need to add to the list of shit that's wrong with me um which gets into the like now my epigenetics epigenetics epigenetic modification refer to changes in gene expressions 
that do not involve alterations in the DNA sequence. Epigenetic mechanisms play a crucial role in the regulation of gene activity, and recent studies have shown that epigenetic changes may contribute to the development and course of bipolar disorder. I don't know what else to say about that one. Um, Gut-brain axis. Gut-brain axis, which involves uh, bidirectional communication between the gut microbiome and the brain, is an emerging area of research in mental health. Some studies have explored the potential role of gut microbia um, in microbia, sorry, in bipolar disorder and its influence on mood and, and behavior. Um, I just want to say real fast, I apologize to anybody out there that's a scientist or a biologist or anybody that knows anything about anatomy or the body at all. I completely apologize if I have fucked up any of these words. I am not a scientist by any means, and I'm not anything to do with a physician or the, like the field of medicine at all. So if I messed up a word, please forgive me, and if you're, like, I am not a doctor, so please keep that in mind. Um, It's important to recognize that bipolar is a complex and multifaceted condition, and its neurobiological basis involves interactions between genetic, environmental, and neurological factors. Ongoing research efforts aim to to deepen our understanding of the neurological underfindings underpinnings of bipolar disorder which may lead to improved diagnostic accuracy targeted treatments and better outcomes for individuals living with this condition for the latest developments in the field i would recommend and i'm just going to say that i would recommend looking up doing your own research and try to find reputable sources Um, i usually look for like um, the mayo clinic or john hopkins or um, the national care health health care organization um there's a there's a a few um that you can go out there and 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 look but generally one that that ends on like dot org is a more trustable suitable source to look for look through than anything that says dot com i know there's the one at like healthline.com and there's a few other ones um which are not terrible sources if you can't find anything else but i wouldn't make those your first primary sources so now we're going to continue on but switch also a little bit into how the brain functions differently in, in individuals with bipolar disorder. Um, so research has, has revealed several ways in which the brain functions differently in individuals with bipolar disorder compared to those without the condition. The differences involve various brain regions, neural circuits, and neurotransmitter systems. Here are some key findings on the brain functioning in individuals with bipolar disorder. Again, this is a very scripted episode, mostly because there's so much information packed into this, I couldn't break it down without just reading it. It's just so much information. And I wanted this to be an informational episode, like this series, I wanted it to be very informational so that it would help people more than it would be just me fucking rambling about shit. So let's get into the the different um, brain functions. So brain structure. Um, neuroimaging, neuroimaging studies have identified structural differences in the brains of individuals with bipolar disorder. These differences are particularly evident in brain regions involved in emotional regulation and executive functionings. The prefrontal cortex, which plays a role in decision-making and impulse control, may show reduced volume and abnormal connectivity in individuals with bipolar disorder true check and check 
uh, limbic system. The limbic system, which is responsible for promote processing emotions, is often affected in bipolar disorder. The amygdala, the part of the, a part of the limbic system involved in emotional responses, has been found to be hyperactive during moods, mood episodes individ, in individuals with bipolar disorder, particularly during manic states. So that makes sense. You know, um, if you have a heart, I mean, that just makes sense with the with processing emotions. It, it, that just makes sense to me. Um, the hippocampus, the hippocampus, a brain region critical for memory and learning, may also be affected in bipolar disorder. Some studies suggest that individuals with condition may have smaller hippocampus volume, potentially contributing to memory and cognitive dis- difficulties. That also makes sense to me because I have a terrible fucking memory and. I have ADHD, and the type of ADHD that I have is, like, I have a very short, very bad short-term memory. Like, long-term, like, the thing is, is, like, if you tell me something, I'm probably gonna fucking forget it. If you tell me something several times, I probably won't forget it. I just won't think about it until it's time to think about it. You know, but if you, like, if you tell me something and you're like, blah, 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 if I am not 100% staring straight at your fucking face and looking at your lips, I'm not going to gather any of the information. And then, even then, I'm probably still going to miss half of it because I'm trying to look at your emotion, your facial feet, your facial expressions and read how, what your body is saying and missing half the shit that you're actually saying. And by the time, like... By the time I catch up to the first thing that you've said, you're already on the third thing, and I'm sitting here like, what the fuck, wait, hang on. <laughs> and so eventually my brain just shuts down and stops listening all together, and then I end up, you know, having to either have you repeat it, which I don't like. I hate listening to people repeat things. I hate repeating things myself, so I just kind of fucking ignore it, and um, sometimes, I, that most of the time, that's not on purpose. Sometimes it is, because um, I just don't give a shit. But <laughs> most of the time, it's I, I don't do it on purpose. So then there's the basal, the basal ganglia. The basal ganglia is a group of brain structures involved in movement, re- in movement reward and motivation. May exhibit abnormal functioning in bipolar disorder. Dysregulation in this system may contribute to some of the. Im- some of the impulsive and reward-seeking behaviors observed and observed during manic episodes. So I would say that that's actually probably just heightened during a manic episode um, because impulse control and um, and like that re- that reward system and motivation to get that reward that's pretty prevalent not just in in a manic episode. It can also, I would say that you can also have that heightened during, a, a, you know, a low phase, you know, where that impulse control can lead to some, some bad, bad behaviors, you know, um, that risk and reward, you know, those risk and reward seeking behaviors, you know, where you take a risk on something and you think that the reward is going to be worth it and it just might not be. So um, neurotransmitters. Bipolar disorder is associated with imbalances in various neurotransmitters, including dopamine, serotonin, neuropinephrine, neuropinephrine, that's a hard fucking word to say, and glutamate. glutamate. These neurotransmitters play a crucial role in mood regulation, and their dysregulation may contribute to mood swings. I think we've kind of already covered that. Circadian rhythm, cognitive functioning 
Um, individuals with bipolar disorder may experience cognitive impairments, especially during depressive episodes. And these impairments can inflict can affect memory, attention, processing speed, and executive functions, leading to difficulties in daily functioning. Connectivity and neural circuits. Neuroimaging studies have revealed alter, altered connectivity patterns in individuals with bipolar disorder. These, disrupt, dis, these disruptions in neural circuit, circuits may contribute to the abnormal regu, regulation of the emotions and mood states. It is essential to emphasize that the brain differences observed in individuals with bipolar disorder are complex and interconnected, involving a combination of genetic, environmental, and neurological factors. Additionally, these differences may not be uniform across all individuals with the condition, as bipolar disorder is a heterogeneous disorder and ver with varied presentations. Understanding how the brain functions differently in individuals with bipolar is crucial for advancing the understanding of the condition and developing more targeted and effective treatments. As research continues to progress, it is hoped that these insights will lead to improved diagnostic accuracy, per personalized interventions, and better management of bipolar disorder. Wow, that was a lot of information. I hope that you stuck with all that. Um, I hope that it helped at least a little bit. And I, again, I want to apologize for how scripted it was. I read through this and like a couple of times and there's just it was just no no way to get through it without reading it. And even then, even reading through it a couple of times, it was still hard to get through because a lot of the words are big or they're just hard to pronounce. Um, and when I say big, I don't mean big and like that you can't understand them. I just mean that they're like they're more hard to pronounce than anything else. Um, I felt like this was pretty easy to kind of understand. Um, I, I don't think that there's and I don't think that there was anything really inaccurate in any of the any of that information. So I, I think we're just going to end it with this one. I think there is one more episode coming up after this. I'm not entirely sure. I've got to look and double check my research and make sure that I didn't leave something out. But I think there's one more episode coming out after this one. I'm just going to end this one here and just say that, again, I hope this helped everybody. I hope this helped somebody. Um, this isn't my best episode, again, partly because it's now almost 6 in the morning and... I've been awake for several hours now. It, it, that goes back to that insomnia, you know, and, you know, sleep rate, you know, the circadian rhythms. Mine is horrible. I'm down to about anywhere from like three to five hours of sleep a night now, which isn't, and not even good sleep because I wake up several times in between that. And then I struggle all day long trying to stay awake. And which sucks because I can't take some of the medicine like my Latuda because it, like the Latuda makes you fucking sleepy. And if you take too much of it, it makes you really sleepy. Like, like my, I don't mean like take too much of it on purpose. I mean like my, my dosage is just high enough to where when I take both of them at the same time, like I have to take two of them a day. And I was told, you know, my doctor was like, you know, take both of them in the morning and then you should be good for the rest of the day. And so that's what I was trying to do, except that it, like, it was getting dangerous. Like, I couldn't even drive anywhere, like, especially a long distance, because I was probably going to fall asleep at the wheel. Um, and even now that I've cut back to just one in the morning and then trying to take one at night, 
which I do that more now to try and help me sleep at night and not be so sleepy during the day. Um, but even doing that, I'm, it, it's, I'm still fighting sleep all day. And that's 100% because of my circadian rhythm and the fact that I'm, I'm, just don't sleep. I will say though that because I don't sleep, I do get a lot of shit done. Um, mostly, like for like most of my work gets done about this time, early in the morning. I do get things done throughout the day, but mostly like not mental tasks. Like I can't. It's hard for me to do homework in the afternoon. It's hard for me to read anything in the afternoon just because I'm so fucking tired. And if I read a book, I'm, I'm gonna pass out. Like, there's just... And it's hard for me to remember the shit that I read, which sucks for my homework. Um, so, yeah, let me just go ahead and get off of here and say that, I, again, I hope this helps somebody. And I, I need you to just remember that you don't have to be... If you're struggling, you don't have to sit in the dark alone. You don't have to be by yourself. There's there's help and if you don't have anyone to talk to or you don't have anyone to listen please email me leave me a comment you know mess do whatever you have to do get a hold of me i don't i'll listen you know i may not be able to respond immediately but i will i will get back to you because this is something that i take very seriously and the entire point of all of this is just to help somebody else um i know the struggles that i go through and you know, a little in a selfish way, it does help me get shit off my chest and it does help me in that way. But in the, for the most part, I'm really doing this so that someone else gets something out of it, you know? Um, so just remember, you don't have to sit in the dark alone. So